Sharon is my friend, and you yeah. better not hurt her. What? Hurt her? Hurt her? I am crazy about her. <laughs> I never felt this way before. You know, on my way to work, all these songs on the radio suddenly made sense to me. <laughs> Have you ever listened to the words to Time in a Bottle? <laughs> it is so beautiful, man. I had to pull over. <laughs> you know what? I got a color. No, wait, no, I gotta play hard to get. But I miss the sound of her voice. I'm calling her. No, wait, it's too needy. Chicks hate that. I shouldn't call her. <laughs> but I want to. And that's from Frasier. That's Bulldog going crazy because he's infatuated with a woman now. It may not be Bulldog, but can you remember the times in your life when you felt, again, maybe not like Bulldog because he's so silly, but you just felt that intense infatuation with a person. You admire them. You, you're hoping that they admire you and that they respond to you. And maybe they do. And you have that wonderful dating period and that courtship. And wouldn't it be wonderful? wonderful if you could keep that throughout your relationship, assuming that the relationship continues. Well, there are techniques that you can learn, and I don't want to call them techniques in a negative sense, but there are methods of staying together, ideas, fundamental ideas that you can hold, and the key one is being rational with one another. doesn't mean not emotional, because look, we're going after that passion in life, that passionate feeling of, of just feeling tingly around that person, just feeling... Oh, like like you're in a cocoon with that person. How to retain that over the years, knowing that there, there will be times when you won't have that with one another. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and I can help you do that. I'm a clinical psychologist, and you can call me with your questions on anything ranging from uh, problems with your kids, problems with your spouse, uh, problems with maybe your in-laws. And right now I want to turn to the phone and welcome Nancy, who's having some difficulty with her kids. Nancy, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Tell me what's going on. Well, I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and all they want to do is watch TV and play video games. Okay. And I want to know how I can change that or have them do something else uh, other than that. Uh, let's see. What, what has piqued their interest? When they watch TV, what do they watch? Do they watch animal shows? Do they watch, when they play video games, what does it involve? Um, actually, they watch cartoons. We put on demand because um, there's no commercials. Yeah. And so they watch cartoons. Um, the seven-year-old, he likes to watch uh, like uh, action, Cartoon Network. He's into this character called Ben 10, which he's like an alien that turns into different aliens. And he's really nice. He's a really nice alien. A nice alien. So okay. I like him yeah. watching I'm not that. familiar with it. Yeah, I, I, like, I let him watch that. Like, I supervise what they watch and for how long, but they want to do it, like, all the time. I wonder if there is a book on Ben Alien. Oh, I don't know. Because if you got him a little book on it, he may segue into reading. Oh, okay. Maybe. Well, oh, it, it, oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I wanted to, to say that he, he loves to read. My seven-year-old is a really good reader, and he reads books after books after books. So he does read uh, a, a lot, but 
mostly he just wants to play, watch the TV or play the video games. And because he wants to do that, the four-year-old is mimicking him. Wants to do the same. Like all he wants to do is watch TV with his brother, and okay. but they sit there like statues. Then you definitely want to get them out and about. But you, if you try to force them, if you try to say, "Okay, you have to turn off the TV now," guess what happens when they hear the "have to"? What? They're going to resent it. If I told you, if you're in the middle of a program and I say, "You have to turn it off now, Nancy. You have to do something else. You have to get outside and get some exercise." How do you feel towards me? Yeah, then I wouldn't like You would resent it. Whereas if I said, hey, I just got a new and then a new badminton game. Now, it may not be badminton, but a new game outside, a new that we can try. Maybe I used to have those little bat, um, I don't know what they were. They were kind of rubbery uh, ping pong paddles, but you could bat a ball back and forth with the kids. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of different activities that just pique their interest. Even cooking in the kitchen. I got a book on cooking chemistry for kids. Mm -hmm. And just teaching them how yeast, you know, what yeast does, how bread rises. Or we made something called oobla, which was... Oh, yeah. I did that with my seven-year-old. Which is like, you can pull it up with it. What is it made of? Um, I don't remember, but it's like it when it's in... The liquid, it's like a liquid, and it's when you pull like it up, it becomes a solid. You pull it up, and it's like mud at a beach, but you punch down on it, and it's, it is hard. It's some, it's made it, yeah. with, not baking powder, it's a baking powder or something like that. I think it was... Um, Cornstarch. Cornstarch, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah. And so there are wonderful activities that if you yourself have in your mind a menu of fun things to do. For example, if you said your kids were interested in cartoons about animals, mm -hmm. wow, a trip to the zoo would be fun. Yeah, well, we do all that stuff. We, we are very hands-on. Like, we take them to the tide poles at the beach, and they... Um, you know, they find stuff. Like, we do a lot of things with them. But that are adventurous. Yeah. So what very. is the problem? It sounds like they already have a rounded life, and you're wanting less TV. How much do they watch a day? I, uh, like I said, I put on demand. So they're allowed, each each uh, cartoon is 15 minutes. Yeah. So I allow two. So there's, like, half an hour. And there's there's no commercials. It's Half an hour. So you're worried about a half an hour a day of cartoons? Well, no. See, they want to do it all the time. Like, oh, they asking then you asking. can give them what's called a limited choice or a forced choice. You just say, listen, we've got a lot of things. You pick a day when there are some exciting things to do apart from TV. And you can you can say to them, you know, you're um, you're welcome to pick what what two fifteen minute blocks you would like today. We're going to the beach later, or we're going uh, sledding if it's in the winter, you know, you or we're going to the zoo. And so they can pick fifteen minute blocks, and you can segue them away from TV, from the TV, not force them away, but get them interested in. They're already interested in so many things: the reading, as I mentioned, maybe cooking, maybe some growing some plants, and just seeing how they grow. Really motivating them so that they prefer being active. Uh, maybe building with Legos. I'm sure you've got those types of toys, yeah. but thinking toys. I always wanted to give my kids thinking activities even with the cooking it was cooking chemistry yeah so if you if you enjoy that there are ideas um i don't know if you're aware of the montessori approach 
Yes, the Montes- my four-year-old went there. Oh, okay. There's a book by, there are books, these are older books, by Elizabeth Hainstock on activities you can do in the house. What was her name? Elizabeth Hainstock, H-A-I-N-S-T-O-C-K. There are probably many more now, Mm -hmm. Uh, many good books uh, of activities that you yourself can do with the kids in the house. And as you know, there are tons of books on the market with wonderful ideas. And it's fun to come up with your own ideas and to help the kids brainstorm to come up with their own ideas. But I would segue them away from it gradually and make it their choice. You know, we can and then choose something really fun to do. We can make a I don't know, uh, Ubla today, or you can watch your 15 minutes of TV. And they may choose the TV, and then eventually they may prefer to do the other, or the four-year-old may choose the TV, and the other one may choose... I mean, may choose oobla, you know, making that ooey gooey stuff. And the other one may still watch TV, but to hear you laughing in the other room and being intrigued. So the goal is motivation, to motivate them to do something other than TV and to limit the TV to maybe that half hour and let them choose which minutes they want. Yes. You know, in a reasonable time. Thank you so much okay, for your call, well, thank Nancy. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm you're try welcome. Okay. And I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the Serious Romance Guidebook by clinical psychologist Ellen Kenner and co-authored Edwin Locke. Good communication cannot save every troubled relationship, but effective communication is essential to all successful romantic relationships, and it can save many relationships that might otherwise fail. Your communication style and skills determine how intense conflicts become, how long they last, how complicated a single issue or a laundry list of complaints, how many people become involved, how many aspects of your life are affected, home, work, sex, family relations, how the conflicts are ultimately resolved, and what emotional scars, if any, such conflicts leave on the partners. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and buy it at amazon.com.